I can just hold it down here. There we go. Okay. All right. We're ready to go here. And just uh, interrupt me if you can't hear me or something, okay? Okay. Uh, first of all, thank you for coming on the trip. Uh, I'm headed to McAllen, Texas on the southern border. I'm going to, I think, uh, be conferring with Secretary Nielsen, certainly with her staff down there. Uh, I'm assuming that she'll be able to get away from Washington. She's got, obviously, a lot going on there. But also General Shaughnessy, our NORTHCOM commander, uh, will meet me down there as well. He was previously scheduled to be there, so this all lined up pretty well. I want to see how the troops are doing who have been deployed in support of the Department of Homeland Security and the Customs and Border Patrol agents on the border. Border security is part of national security. Uh, our units are in a position to enable the Border Patrol's law enforcement operations. Uh, we determined that the mission was absolutely legal, and this was also reviewed by Department of Justice lawyers. Uh, it's obviously a moral and ethical mission to support our Border Patrolmen. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun. I would put this in a little historic context. Uh, I think many of you are aware that President Wilson, a uh, hundred years ago, a little over a hundred years ago, deployed the U.S. Army to the southwest border. Uh, that's over a century ago. Uh, the threat then was Pancho Villa's troops, uh, a revolutionary raiding across the border into the United States, New Mexico in 1916. And there's a more recent history of DOD support on the border. Uh, it spans four administrations of both political parties. Uh, during President Clinton's administration, from 1994 to 1995, the National Guard and several hundred active duty personnel, uh, military personnel, were assigned to assist law enforcement. They manned observation posts. Uh, and they moved cargo and vehicle uh, uh, down there to support their effort. And they also did cargo and vehicle inspections at the border and did aircraft surveillance for counter-narcotics efforts. Uh, under President Bush, there was an operation called Operation Jump Start. And that was from 2006 to 2008 and involved about 6,000 National Guardsmen uh, down on the border. Under President Obama, we had Operation Phalanx. That was from 2010 to 2017. It involved about 1,200, around 1,200 National Guardsmen. That was the longest period, by the way, of U.S. military support for the border was during the previous administration under President Obama. Under President Trump, under Guardian support, this year we've had 2,100 National Guardsmen uh, training uh, down on the border. And in October, uh, Secretary Nielsen, the Secretary of, Depart of the Department of Homeland Security, requested DOD support in addition to the National Guard. This was due to an unprecedented situation with multiple large-scale caravans en route to the southwest border. You've seen this on the uh, on the news. 
one of the caravans overran the border checkpoint between uh, Guatemala and the Mexican border and clashed with Mexican police. I think some of you have probably seen the, uh, the New York Times article from October 19th uh, about the, uh, the wounded uh, police officers in Mexico at that time. Uh, so today, where are we at? Uh, the Department of Homeland Security remains in the lead. <coughs> uh, NORTHCOM, U.S. Northern Command under General Shaughnessy, is in support of DHS and the Customs and Border Police law enforcement efforts. We are providing planning and engineering support, equipment, transportation support, and temporary housing for Customs and Border Patrol personnel and their medical teams. Uh, I think we also have medical teams on the border supplementing the Border Patrol's medical teams. The DOD, the Department of Defense missions, do not involve military personnel at this time directly participating in any law enforcement. Law enforcement is left in the hands of the Customs and Border Police who have the statutory authority to carry that out. At the present, I do not anticipate military personnel coming into direct contact with migrants. Uh, I would just note my full confidence in General Shaughnessy and his NORTHCOM team. The troops who are deployed under Army North are very uh, highly disciplined and uh, the only uh, personnel that are actually carrying weapons since the engineers are engaged in putting in barriers, barbed wire, jersey barriers that permit the border patrol to maintain support, excuse me, maintain control over the ports of entry and nearby. Uh, the troops doing that obviously are not armed. They don't need their weapons. The engineers delay the barbed wire. The soldiers, Marines doing that are uh, overwatched by MPs who are armed and the normal force protection of wherever they go. Uh, the military maintains that stance. But uh, the ones actually doing the missions there are not armed. The military police will provide force protection for those service members who are uh, supporting Custom Border Police and putting in the obstacles. We are also rehearsing helicopter deployment. The deployment is done by our helicopters and it's border patrolmen. In other words, we rehearse picking up their troops, moving them to a location, dropping them off in a safe location so they can reinforce other border patrol should they need reinforcement. But again, these uh, helicopters are not moving our troops. Uh, around right now. They're actually working at putting in the obstacles. Uh, as of 13 November, this is the number as of last night I received, about 5,900 troops are deployed to support the Border Patrol. That number will fluctuate as units deploy. Other units, when they get done with their mission, will go back to home station. So that number, you'll see it going up and down and we'll just keep you informed on a daily basis of what it is. I anticipate 
right now it can go around 7,000, although I'd, I'd prefer to say that we'll just keep you updated daily with how many troops are there, then you have an accurate number. Um, the, uh, so that's what I'm doing down on the border. Uh, I will tell you that uh, going around the world a little bit, uh, our troops uh, engaged in supporting the defeat ISIS fight, continue that fight in both the middle Euphrates River Valley, but also the interdiction efforts to try to pick them up in various other locations as they maneuver, as the, uh, as the ISIS troops try to escape, as they try to reconcentrate. And the Iraqi security forces, with our support, are equally engaged in that fight in Iraq. As you know, they've collapsed the geographic caliphate there. But as we have told you for many, many months, over a year now, the fight goes on as they splinter into smaller groups and we continue to hunt them down there. Um, let me, uh, I, th I think that's enough right now because your questions are probably on the border. So why don't we go to Q&A on the record here. Uh, Phil, why don't we start with you? Okay, well, a few questions. Uh, first, you know, I, I know that you're, you said you were keeping track of the costs. You know, we've seen, yeah, asti yeah. We've seen estimates that this could cost, you know, $200 million. Yeah. Is that is that uh, over the top? Is that too much? Is it going to be less than that? Yeah. The question is about the cost of the uh, support to Customs and Border Patrol. Uh, in the what we call the execute order that went out, all the units are tasked with tracking all costs associated. They will compile those costs and send them up. Now to the engineer battalion or to the helicopter uh, company or uh, squadron that deployed, we have not received those costs. So we can estimate costs all we want. I'd prefer to give you real costs. Right now I can't give that to you. It's the cost of deploying them. It's the cost of transferring their equipment to the border. It's fuel costs. It's all those kind of costs. So I, I just don't want to get into something I can't give you what I believe confidently is accurate. So I don't want to forecast it right now. So you don't think it's going to be, I mean, you can't even say in a ballpark, hundreds of millions, tens of yeah. millions. I, I, you know, I, I honestly don't want to say right now. I, they, are, they will report it to me. I've been very busy on the decisions that need to be made now. I know what information I'm getting is not anywhere near right, and I don't. I'm not going to pull other people off other issues to try to forecast costs when I believe very quickly we'll know the real cost. So we'll keep you posted if the real costs come in. Uh, I would tell you that because there's a, there's another cost uh, that everyone wants to know, and that is is this costing us readiness. Uh, it's been interesting. Oops, sorry about that, Mark. Uh, it's been uh, interesting to see the feedback, I would say, from the captains, lieutenant colonels, and senior NCOs. Uh, one of them, uh, the report came in to me. They said, we were not anticipating this. Uh, we received the warning order. We got the execute order. We had to deploy to a non-traditional mission away from home station. These are all the same things we would do if we were deploying anywhere in the world. And he said, right now, he said, we're deployed, we're living out of tents. He said, this is actually very good training uh, because it's, they're rehearsing everything they would do in a real deploy, in a deployment elsewhere in the world. 
also, uh, had I put myself in his shoes, I could have anticipated that. But in fact, uh, in terms of readiness, it's actually, I believe, so far uh, improving our readiness for deployment, for making certain our procedures for mount out are correct, that we know how to get stuff on board uh, aircraft for, for movement. So far, the, uh, that cost has not went uh, borne out. It's actually a help in us. Go ahead, Moshe. So I have a question about the so the, the name of the mission has changed. The what the what the name of the the physical name of the mission has changed. Could you kind of talk us through why? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <coughs> uh, the question is the name of the mission has changed. When the name of the mission first came in, I had given instructions. I do not want to put this mission in some arcane military terms. If what we're doing is laying wire, don't talk about implementing a barrier plan. Put it, that's what we do in training. I want to talk to the American people because this is a highly politically visible issue. And I want you to tell them what we're doing. Uh, I want you to tell them we are operating in support of customs or of border police. Do not say we're uh, supporting a federal agency. Tell them what we're doing. So when you saw the reporting coming out, it was my continued uh, direction to quit using military terms, quit using terms that don't tell people. Yeah, I got it. I got That helped? All right. Uh, no sweat, Paul. Um, quit using terms that mean a lot to us and are subject to misinterpretation by people not trained at Fort Leavenworth at command and staff calling. That's all I changed, okay? And that's, and that's the reason for anything that you see as we try to talk about... Um, I'll, I'll give you the example. I directed this morning not to use the word secure a certain location. Secure in military terms means one thing. It's subject to a whole lot of other interpretations, understandably, by people who use Webster's Dictionary, okay? Uh, so it's not that we're right and they're wrong, or we're wrong and they're right. I said talk in terms that people understand. It's their country, it's their border. So that's what's going on, Motion. You had another question, Phil. Yeah, but just to follow up, though, what, what was the misinterpretation you received? No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm, I'm telling Bill, do not allow things to be misinterpreted. Tell them what the mission is. That's all, that, that's the direction I've given. That's all there is to it. It is nothing more. We can put this in the most arcane military terms. Now, all I'm going to do is answer another 30 questions from you. Now, what did you mean by uh, secure? What did you mean by employ weapons? You know, that sort of thing. Or do not deploy with weapons. All that. We're going to tell you what we're doing. The engineers are not carrying weapons. There's a military way I can describe that. Or I can put it in understandable terms. That's all so, it is. Uh, what are the big criticisms from uh, uh, 
uh, folks in the Hill and elsewhere, uh, including the former chairman, uh, is that this, Trump, who was the, last the former chairman, uh, uh, Dempsey, uh, was also critical of this deployment. And the criticism is that there's no real threat to justify this deployment uh, to bring in active duty military to the border. Yeah. How would you respond to that? Well, uh, I would refer them to the New York Times and what happened to the Mexican police. Uh, and uh, I would just leave that to the uh, Secretary of, Def of the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, she's a professional. Her commissioner of Border Patrol, Customs and Border Patrol professional. Uh, the people responsible for the mission are the ones I listen to uh, in something like this. And they think it is necessary. I'm sorry? And they think it is necessary. You think it's necessary based on the threat. Uh, there, I think that uh, it's very clear that uh, support to border police or border patrol uh, is necessary right now. If they come to me and say we do not have the people to put in barbed wire, we do not have the pe we don't have the capability to use helicopters and move people. We don't have the helicopters. I mean, clearly, moving their people around to face something that could be what the Mexican police were unable to handle on the Guatemala border. Uh, this is something I defer to their judgment. They're the ones who are held responsible to maintain our sovereignty. And then, and then just, uh, do you believe that these forces are going to be deployed, you know, through Thanksgiving, potentially through Christmas? Uh, what do you, what, I mean, what, yeah. what would you say to their families who are wondering how long this deployment's going to last? Yeah. I mean, I've got de troops deployed uh, from Syria and Iraq to the Pacific. Uh, they're out in the Atlantic. You saw that we just finished one of the largest NATO exercises, uh, and the troops have just, the ships have just pulled in to our NATO ally, uh, Portugal's port of Lisbon. Uh, we are going to continue uh, to have troops deployed, and this is just for our uh, military. We're a 365-day-a-year military. Rain or shine, light or dark, cold weather or hot weather, we have an all-weather uh, force that's on duty 24-7. Drive around the Pentagon on Thanksgiving Day and look at the number of cars in the parking lot of people who work right through the holidays. Some of you were with me uh, when we were at uh, Guantanamo Bay last Thanksgiving time frame. Troops are down there. Uh, kind of all I can say to the American people, uh, welcome to your military. It's on duty. Oh, she had a question. There was, there was some reporting last week that the Pentagon re rejected a, a query uh, that the Pentagon would, that the troops basically would do crowd control at the border. Could you kind of shed light on some of the some of that reporting that came out? Yeah, most right now the only thing we've been asked for is to put in obstacles, provide transportation, and to provide housing for border. They've had to move a number of border patrol people where they just didn't, you know, they moved them from other places. So obstacle emplacement, transportation, helicopters, basically, uh, and some C-130s that would move larger number of troops longer distances. For example, we had to move them from Texas, where I'll be today, to Arizona or something like that. We've been asked for nothing more right now, so I, I prefer to stay with what we've been asked for, what we're doing about it. If we get something new, obviously we'll brief you on where we're at on it. And one of the reasons I maintain daily communication with the uh, 
Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security is to make certain we're hearing how they read the ones responsible, how they read the border situation and the security on the border. So right now, that's what we're doing, that, that mission. Another question, then we'll go off the record. We think we That's can great. talk a little more. And, and you can always answer this again when we get after your briefings and all that. But there has been some uh, questions about, given the changing direction of the caravans, oh, yeah. um, whether or not you might consider, you know, different weighted deployments. You know, maybe you're heavy in Texas and light in California. Oh, yeah, actually. Uh, right now, what we're doing, they have defined what they need in each area. So we've deployed troops to each of the ports of entry that they've said they want addressed. I would anticipate, uh, with what we've been asked to do so far, probably within a week to 10 days, we'll have done what's needed. Now, there, of course, it's a dynamic situation. There'll be new requests coming in. But we can move the troops back and forth. Right now, uh, because we're just putting in the obstacles, I'm 100% I'm confident we have the number of troops at each of those ports of entry to complete the uh, what we've been asked to do prior to the arrival of the large caravans, uh, wherever they choose to go, for right now. Thank you. Okay, well, let's go off the record here.